Good morning, Faith family. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Hayden. I've been at this church for about a year now. I moved from New Hampshire to Ohio about a year and a half ago. Thank you for this opportunity to preach to you today as part of Youth Sunday. It is an honor to share the word of God with you. And I ask that you please pray with me that I will handle it faithfully and well. I'm 17 years old. And possibly the most important thing you should know about me right now is that this, summer, this year, I completed my driver's education course. <laughs> I logged my driving hours and graciously listened to my mom's critiques with absolutely zero eye rolls. <laughs> and finally, I have my driver's license. Soon after I started driving on my own, I started a new job in Concord. I had never parked in the city before, so when I saw an open spot right next to my job, and it didn't seem to have a parking meter, I took it. I had no idea why it hadn't been taking. It was such a good spot. <laughs> so I happily walked in to start my first day of work. Little did I know that it was not free to park there. <laughs> when I came out, I found a ticket for twice the amount it would have cost to just pay to park there. I didn't know I had to pay to park there, but it didn't matter because there was still a fine. In the same way, you can sin without knowing it. We are all sinners who stray further from God every day. There isn't anything we can do to help it. We can try not to sin, but we will ultimately fail because it is in our nature to sin. We would forever be parted from God, our creator, because that is the consequence of sin. But God has paved the path toward redemption, toward forgiveness and eternal life with him. We are all sinners who are only redeemed by, through grace, by faith. We have all fallen short of the glory of God in some way or another. In verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, whether this is willfully or through ignorance, by being ill-advised or being dishonest to yourself, doesn't change the fact that it was a sin. For example, Something I would bet almost all drivers in this room do every day, which is technically illegal, is stop at the stop sign past the white line. I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. Maybe you knew it was illegal, but you did it anyway because it wasn't a big deal or everyone else does it. Uh, but your excuses don't change the fact that it was illegal. Small crimes are still legal. A judge doesn't say, he only broke the law a little, which doesn't even really count. <laughs> no, if you break the law, it is broken. There is no, I only broke the law a little. In the same way, there is no little sin. No, there is just sin. All of us has done this. We've all sinned and made excuses for our sin. There are no exceptions. I have said that we are all sinners, but what is sin? Sin is saying you know better than God. We are saying we know better than the creator of the universe, the one that made us, who has no beginning and no end. Saying we know better what is good for us than the one that made us. What are the ramifications of sin? 
Why should you care that you have sinned? Sinning means you will forever be parted from your creator. It means spending eternity without God, without whom you are lost, without purpose or meaning. God, who is holy and perfect. You may wonder why this is a problem. Maybe you do know better, you say to yourself. What if a car mechanic tells you that if you keep driving the car without getting it fixed, it will break? But you say, it sounds okay. It sounds like it normally does. He must just be trying to get my money. So you keep driving it. At first, it's fine, but then it breaks out of nowhere. How could you have known this would happen? The car owner thought they knew better than the car mechanic. The one with no knowledge or experience thought they knew better than the one with both knowledge and experience. I did almost this exact same thing. My car needed an oil change. I knew it. I put it off until I eventually forgot about it. Then the check engine light went on. What would have been $35 in a small inconvenience turns into $275 and a large inconvenience. <laughs> You're probably laughing, saying, I would never do that. <laughs> but you have. <laughs> you have no knowledge of what is good for your soul. God, in his mercy and love, told us what is good for us. But we, being sinners, disobey thinking that we know better. Disobey thinking we know ourselves better than the one who created us what is good for us. We are also short-sighted, thinking I'd rather have the free time and the money than sit at the car mechanic paying $35 for an oil change right now, forgetting that the bill will come due and it will be much larger than $35 in the long run. So this is your notice. You're a sinner in need of saving. Your car is about to break down. Sin in your life is like dirty oil in your engine, wearing you out in one step from breaking you. But God, the creator of the universe, who is righteous and merciful, has paved the path toward redemption, toward cleaning out that dirty sin. Without this path, we would be in need of punishment, having sinned. The one true God is righteous and merciful. Because he is righteous and merciful, you can be forgiven. You can't change the fact that you're a sinner, but you can be redeemed. You can be redeemed through the grace of God and the grace of God alone. Redeemed and given eternal life with the God in heaven. If you look with me at verse 24, it says, And are justified by his grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, we are, we are justified by his grace. Redeemed through his grace as a gift. It's a gift. Well, what is a gift? When you give a gift, you don't expect anything in return. You don't expect them to pay you for it or give you something in return. So a gift is something given without expectation of payment. So the gift of grace, it's not something we can earn. In verse 21, it says, 
The righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Apart from the law, well, what is the law? The law is the list of commands like, for example, the law or commands of Moses and the prophets. The law could also refer to the law of works by which you try to do good to earn redemption. As discussed before, a gift can't be paid for or earned. Thus, you can't earn grafts. It can only be received as a gift. Therefore, verse 21 could also be seen as the gift of grace has been manifested apart from the works of man. So we can never earn this gift. No matter how many works you do, you would always fall short without the gift of grace. Grace is something we can never earn. Many have tried and all have failed. Grace cannot be earned and can only be a gift. Well, how do you receive this gift of grace? It is given through Jesus Christ, God's Son, fully God and fully man, who lived a sinless life, yet died the death we deserve in our place that we might be redeemed. In verse 26, it says, It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. The one who has faith in Jesus. So there is no special prayer that you need to pray in order to be forgiven. All the work has been done. Jesus did the work that we could not. Jesus died for us. So all you need to do is accept this gift of grace. The gift of forgiveness. All you need to do is trust in God, put faith in God, put faith in Jesus, and you will be redeemed. No sin is too big to be forgiven. No person is too bad to be redeemed. This gift that is given shows us how much we are loved. Loved by the one true God. As it says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whomever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. In case you didn't know, today we celebrate the 505th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. The Reformation was the beginning of the Protestant Church. At the time, the Catholic Church saw the gift of grace not as a gift, but as something earned. It sold these things called indulgencies, they were ultimately get-out-of-jail-free cards. When you bought them, they would forgive all your sins and transgressions. They were sold at the price that was equal to about half a year's wages at the time. The church would forgive your sins in exchange for your money, which could be seen as works. So the church would forgive your sins in exchange for works. Well, Martin Luther challenged this law of works arguing that forgiveness is a gift that cannot be earned. He argued that we are not saved by any work or forgiveness of man, no, but by faith. It's through faith alone that we are saved, faith in the gift of forgiveness. You may ask then, do works mean nothing? After I'm forgiven, can I do whatever I want in the knowledge that it will be forgiven? In verse 27, it says, then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? 
by a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Justified by faith apart from works of the law. So we are redeemed by faith, forgiven by faith. There is no working for redemption because redemption, forgiveness, is separate from the law. As it says in Romans 3.20, For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. From that, we can tell that the law, which are works, is the model by which we should measure ourselves. It is God telling us what we would have to do to be perfect. The law shows perfection. Perfect adherence to the law would exemplify a perfect person. But that's the point. We can't follow the law. With every break from the law comes imperfection, comes brokenness, comes sin. With every break in the law, you have strayed further from God. So by following the law, you do not make up for other sins because you were simply doing what you had been told to do in the first place. You aren't doing extra by following the law because it isn't extra. Let's say you're driving your car and you go 20 miles per hour over the speed limit for a couple minutes. Do you then make up for it by going 20 miles per hour under the speed limit for a couple minutes? <laughs> no. You either follow the speed limit or you don't. There is no middle ground. You can't kind of follow the speed limit. In the same way, you can't kind of sin. So the law tells us how sinful and imperfect we are, and we are saved by faith. This doesn't mean we shouldn't follow the law or try to, because we can never perfectly follow the law. We can't follow the law perfectly because we aren't perfect. We aren't perfect. Just because we aren't perfect doesn't mean we shouldn't try to pursue holiness with the knowledge that we will eventually fail. In verse 31, it says, Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. This doesn't mean you can now go around satisfying all our sins, vices, and sinning, because all that is forgiven. When the engine broke after I got my change, when the engine broke after I forgot to change the oil, my parents helped me with that bill. Would I show thankfulness by then going and doing it again? No, I would quickly lose their grace, if not their love. Now, while this analogy breaks down because we can't lose grace with God, with grace should come a desire to do what's right in God's eyes. With faith comes trust in God. With faith comes a belief that what God says is right. With faith comes obedience to God. We should therefore pursue the law with even more conviction. With faith should come a conviction to follow the law and sadness on our inability to follow the law and to continue relying on Christ to complete the work he began in us. So no, we shouldn't throw the law away, because it was never meant to be thrown away. It is meant to guide us in our pursuit of holiness. We, were, we are redeemed by grace alone. What must you know to live and die in the joy of this comfort? 
As the Heidelberg Confession says, three things. First, how great my sin and misery are. Second, how I am set free from all my sins and misery. And third, how I am to thank God for such deliverance. First, everyone is a, is a sinner who would spend eternity without God, our creator. Second, you are saved by putting faith in God and accepting the gift of grace that is freely offered to all who put faith in him. And third, and third, having put faith in him, you should strive to pursue holiness. Will you please, please pray with me? Dear God, oh, how great and merciful you are that you can and chose to save sinners, sinners who daily disobey you. Thank you for this. Thank you for patience. Thank you for this gift of grace that you have given us. Thank you for the sacrifice you had to do to give it to us. I ask that any who doubt would be brought to you. I ask that you bring us to you. I ask that you gave guide the unsaved in this room into being saved. In your name, amen.